This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, and welcome to part two of From Porn to the Penitentiary, The Murder of J.P. Kelso. I just wanted to pop in here and kind of remind you where we were at the end of last episode. If you amazingly made it through that shit show of an episode with Jenna and Mark and myself, uh, let me just let you know that it doesn't really get better this, this time around. This part two is even more kind of off the rails than part one because by this point we've been recording for about two hours and, well, you'll see. But if you did make it through the last episode and you were going to bravely listen to this episode, if you recall last time we were, we hadn't gotten to a murder yet and we were still learning about Tim and his career in the adult film industry and that he was growing very, very frustrated with his career. He was getting angrier and angrier and kind of resentful for having to do this work to support himself and to send money back to his daughter, Jasmine. So the last thing that we talked about in that episode was that Tim was on a film set getting ready to shoot one of his adult films and he went into the mirror and was shaving and he was looking at himself and he just kept thinking what are you doing what are you doing this isn't you you don't want to do this and he stopped shaving apparently mid-shave got in his car packed up his things and drove back to Colorado and presumably quit the adult film industry and that is where we will pick up at the beginning of this part two again apologies for kind of the mayhem that ensued throughout this recording I'm going to go ahead and blame it completely on Jen and Mark but um, hopefully you will enjoy the rest of the story if you can get through it and get through all of our kind of banter and then next week me and Jenna will be back with a regular episode for you guys and we really appreciate you listening and putting up with us through this little experiment and also appreciate you understanding that this is coming out a day late because the editing took me so so very long all right enjoy guys thanks when it comes to weight loss no two people are the same that's why noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan. He can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tim packed up and headed back to Denver. And once he was back in Denver, he was desperate for work. He had a daughter, no money. So one morning, he was sitting in a coffee shop hunting for jobs in the paper. He's looking at the wanted ads in the paper. And as he's sitting there drinking his coffee, looking for a job, a short, kind of plump man approached him and said, Are you Marcus Allen? Ah. <laughs> Tim said, No, absolutely not. And Tim actually went by the name, his middle name, John. Timothy John Boham. I say Tim just because that's how I started researching. So John it. Boham. But so Timothy, Tim said to this short, plump man, No, I'm John. What are you talking about? And the man was like, are you sure? I feel like I've seen you. You're Marcus Allen. He's like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm John. And the man wasn't, he wasn't convinced, but he decided to like not push it any further. And he said, well, I see you looking at the want ads. Are you looking for a job? And Tim was like, yeah, I am. And the man said, great. Well, I own a collection agency. I'm always looking for good people to come work for me. Oh. And Tim said, well, I don't have any experience doing that type of work, so I don't think that'll work he's out. He's old, don't worry. And the man oh, said, he, the old, man handed Tim a business card and said, I think it's fine. We could probably work something out. I can find something for you to do. Give me a call whenever you want. And Tim said, okay. And the man walked away. Tim looked down at the business card, and on the business card it said, John Paul Kelso, and in parentheses, JP. So who is JP? John Paul Kelso. He was known. Mm. He was known as JP by his friends right and family. Now. He was a at this point in time a forty three year old, well known businessman. He did own a collections agency in downtown Denver, Professional Recovery Systems (PRS). Uh, he owned it for over fifteen years, and his specialty was buying written off debt for pennies on the dollar. And he really amassed quite a fortune doing this. He made a lot of money. He was a wealthy, wealthy man. After doing this for 15 years, he was never married. He was openly gay. And to most people who knew him in Denver, most people talked about him at, in the sense of like he was a good man. He was revered. He, he gave a lot to charity. He donated a ton of money. He did other philanthropic uh, things. People referred to him as like a generous man, a very... Um, respectful kind of a gentleman and also that he was the life of the party always and he had lots of parties at his mansions and he was also very flashy with his money he had a custom-made Bentley he had a different Rolex for every day of the week and he was also a very heavy drinker and and he didn't shy away from the occasional recreational drug use so that's kind of the backstory of him. But publicly, he was known as just this very philanthropic businessman. JP. <clears throat> JP. Yeah, I feel like you have a question, John. I have so many, but I'm going through the file of facts or whatever. Okay. So um, the woman who wrote this book, right? I did. I want to give her credit because I did get a lot of information from her book. Her name is Donna Thomas. And she wrote a book called The Rise and Deadly Spiral of Adult Film Star Timothy J. Boham. Wow, available very on specific. Amazon, and I did get the Kindle version. And she spent. Oh, you bought a book. And can read you it. send it. it to me? Yeah, of course I can share it with yeah, you. Yeah, share it. She spent a lot of time with Timothy in, in person. person, 
We don't know what happened to him. Well, I can't well, tell you yet. I, I believe gotcha. he's I called gotcha. John. Well, he called himself John, yes. But, shh. Um, so she weirdly also worked for JP for a short time. JP Kelso with the Rolex. Oh, she's a debt collector, fancy. right? So she was in Denver. She worked for him for a while, obviously, well before she wrote this book. And this is a quote from her. She said, he regularly yelled at people in his office. In his office, he berated them for underperforming or any and every other reason. Instead of him taking someone into an office and having a civilized discussion with that person, he yelled and ridiculed them in full view of the entire office. It was easily the most negative, toxic work environment I've ever had the unfortunate unfortunate luck of being in. And she she worked there for a short time and eventually resigned. She took her letter of resignation into JP's office, and, and she this is a she wrote this in her book that she took the letter and put it on his desk and said, JP, you get more of these letters than Santa receives. I can no longer work for you. You're an insufferable bastard. And I can't stand to look at your ugly face for another second. And then turned on her heel and left. I love all of that, except for the Santa piece. It's yeah. a little weak. <laughs> also, he was like, I don't give a shit. He's all bye bye. <laughs> He's all later. There is. She. There's like actually a lot more in the book about like what he said back to her and like how that whole exchange went. Irrelevant to the story, so I'm not including him. Let's get to a murder. So with no real job. So we're going to go back to talking about Tim now. That's I just wanted to give you some insight on JP. You know, they met in the coffee shop. Here's my business card. Come work for me. So with no real job prospects outside of turning back to being an escort, um, Tim called JP. Did he ever think about like, you know. Not being an or like a plumber or anything. Like, there's so many jobs. <laughs> like freelance out there, writing. Yeah? He's all, oh, I can't do anything, but like, it's quick, that. fast money. I imagine a lot. Of, yeah. you think about it. Yeah, think I mean, about like, it. I, I get it. I understand Actually, it. Mark probably doesn't get it. I don't get it either. Sorry, Mark. Stick with me. Um, we're not attractive enough for people to be like, use your body and face. And of just course, come you both are. Fuck That's around. That's incorrect. No, we're both attractive, you but not enough. You could both sell yourselves for money, as could I. It does, not for could. good oh, money. Guys. <laughs> not for good Absolutely money. Absolutely, <laughs> you could. And yeah, so could I. And that'd be money. fine. And I think that there is a... Right, but that's a good question. I, I think that there is... There's a big difference between... I'm going to work as a debt collector for $15 an hour. Right. Or I'm going to... And make two grand in one evening. In one evening. And here's your you money. Get in one evening. Well, and here's and your make money. Ten grand. Right. Here's your money. It right. gets handed right so to there's you. A, like that's a difference I'm sure too. he did know that he could do other things, but could he do anything that would make him that kind of money? Probably no. not. No, and he's used to it, so it's fine. All he has right? is his GED. Right. It's his favorite thing. He doesn't to have a college do. degree. He doesn't have anything else. Like, if you're Who's making Denver, money though? from. Like being somebody's date or doing sexual favors, which, I mean, terrible, I would imagine, but also a lot of money. Fine, until you're not in the mood. How are you and then going to be like, going to make $75 in this entire eight-hour day for hard work? There's a big difference there. I think that's why a lot of people stay in this well, line yeah. of work. Oh, it's still hard work. That's why they call it a job. That's right. <laughs> It's a blow job. <laughs> <laughs> it that is, a is job. hard work. It is a job. It it's is hard work. Oh, Mark knows. He's so all any, it is a so, job. <laughs> no, I was saying that, like, obviously he didn't pursue, like, because of what he was doing, he didn't pursue anything to be like, okay, I'm going to 
go work at Circle K, the gas station, like right. make money, like right, because it's not as good like, money you, and not as quick. Exactly, I of yeah. course, yeah. exactly. He had a daughter to look out for. He did, and so Jasmine. so he called JP and accepted a job as a bill collector at his company. He was like, "I'm gonna hate this. This is not something I'm gonna be good at, but I'm gonna do it because I need the money." He went. He did it. He went the next day. He did it. And after two days, he quit. He was like, I can't. I can't fucking do this. I'm not good at it. I hate it. It feels like I'm a salesperson. Even though he's not really, he said that he felt like he was a salesperson. Even though he's not really a salesperson, he's collecting debt from people. It is kind of a salesman person, though. You're like, I'll well, stop it. He, Anyways, he, he hates wasn't his good at it. Job. So he, he quit. JP, the owner, remember? Rolex Barrow. Who Bro. obviously knew this situation was going to happen. Well, he wasn't upset about it. And yeah. he said, I Am think we could just be friends. Like, let's hang out. Tim knew what that meant. And he was like, no, thank you. Does that mean something sexual? Yes. Yeah, okay. So he was having no luck. Tim was having no luck. He turned JP down. He was like, no, thank you. Having no luck finding a job. So he decided, well, I'm going to get back into escorting until I find a job. And it was right around this time in August of 2006 that he was out one night at a bar and he thought the bartender was really pretty. And her name was Christina Hernandez. And he started talking to her. They got along really well. He gave her his number. They went out a couple times and then they were dating. A month into dating, she was pregnant. Jesus Christ, this guy's fertile. Can someone (laughs) give him a condom? (laughs) Like, so the I the you, but put a condom on the kind of impending understanding of like he's going to have to now support a second child. And she at first didn't want to keep it. She was like, I don't want to keep it. Should we give it away? Should I have an abortion? And he wanted it. He convinced her to keep it. Well, remember, he wanted a big family. Right. Oh, yeah. And he was in love. He was very much in love with her. After what? Was he? After a month, apparently. So I get According it. to he him. infatuated with well, her. I mean, that. He probably didn't get a lot of female attention, you know? He was very good looking. Mark. <laughs> you know what I'm joking about. <laughs> so he's looking at now supporting a second child when he can barely support his first child. So he is obviously stressed out about this. So he and he decided, picked up JP's card. He was all, let me call JP. He did not. He actually oh. said, I'm going to go out to LA because I think I can make more money escorting out there. Uh, and he was right. So he got signed on with a company in... LA um, called Meet the Stars. And he was basically an escort for like celebrities. Like he was making a lot of money. So he'd go to LA for two weeks. That's cool. Every month, I mean, sleep with a bunch of celebrities, come back with like 10 grand, and then spend time with his daughter, spend time with Christina, the girlfriend that was pregnant. She had no idea about any of this. Also, Christina, she, she had no idea he was a gay I wonder porn what he star. said. What did she say? He said, I'm going out to like. Do acting like, and modeling. Oh, okay. Same oh, thing no. he told us. Okay, well, like, I know what acting and modeling means. <laughs> Clearly. Porn. She did not, though. Gay and sex. so she had no idea. And he didn't tell her because, according to him, he said, well, she would have dumped me. Any girl or woman would have. None of that meant anything anyway. It was just about money and supporting myself. It didn't take away any of the feelings that I had for her. So why did Aww. it matter? I didn't need to tell her. Yeah, uh, but so also, too, like, I mean. It's true. It does make sense. Like, she's 100% right. Like, you're like. Hey, I'm just going to go to L.A. and fuck random people for like two weeks. Well, of course she would have dumped him. Yeah, I mean, that And totally if it meant nothing it, to him, then. It still doesn't matter. You're still. It doesn't matter, really. It doesn't matter 
I'm torn it about does, that. Honestly. It doesn't matter because no. uh, you know why it does matter. Herpes, Wait, you guys both agree with STDs. him? STDs. No. Okay, you guys both agree with that he no, shouldn't have told her. In the porn business, they're the clean. Don't fuck anyone off the street like anyone in the porn business. From what oh, yeah, I understand, they get, like, tested, they get tested all the time. That's the one thing actually you don't, I think, have to worry about. But like, so yeah, no, I don't. If I found that out, like, oh, you're just hanging out and acting and modeling. You're yeah, fucking. but if you found out that he was that your boyfriend was going out to LA to have sex with a bunch of men, no, thank you. And or you women. would be done, right? I would be done. First, my first thought is the lying. Right. But if you told me, if you were upfront about it, uh-huh. I'd say, can you deal with that? No, I make just money cut a it. different way. You know? Yeah, I just cut. What about it. you? Mark your girlfriend was going out that. to have sex with a bunch of women. Never. I can never. Oh, have it. Well, Doesn't matter that I have sex with. It doesn't matter. Like. No way. I don't think he heard you correctly. No, no, I was going out to L.A. to have sex with a bunch of women, coming back with 10 grand yeah, but every you two lied weeks. To him. But I never told you, and then you yeah. found out about it. How would you feel about that? I wouldn't God, like it at yeah. all. Right. I'd so What if she told you she was having sex with women? I still wouldn't like it. Yeah, I just, thank you. That's a, I think that's an and overinflated and stereotype. It, and it's not, it's not. Sure, kiss a girl in front of yeah. Mark, and he might be aroused yeah it's, sorry i know you're right here it. but like no, but we've discussed this many times about this like the three yeah, he's not into it. because i don't think that's healthy in a relationship because i think if you it's bring a absolute. man or a woman into a, a wo- person man, yeah it doesn't matter you bring a person in there it never it just doesn't because it just doesn't work you know oh my god aren't relationships complicated enough exactly you're all let's agree. throw a side let's car in throw here, another yeah? person in no you guys are right i agree so eventually, Tim started to resent being an escort. He had Christina in Denver, and he was going out to L.A. to sleep with men just to make money, and he was hating it. And his clients in L.A. noticed. They started complaining about him, about his attitude, and the agency that he was working for, um, Meet the Stars, stopped giving him jobs. They were like, we're not. We have people complaining about you. Like, you can't do this. I mean, uh, honestly, would, like, do it, but you would do it, like, begrudgingly, you know? It kind of makes sense, though. You're, like, an escort. Like, you're not doing your job. Like, that's, well, like, that's worse escort, than being, You have to be, like, like excited to be yeah, it's like worse being than an a, escort. Like, a Home Depot guy doesn't know what he's doing. That's fine. Like, you can deal with that. You know what I mean? Right, but if you're paying you're money paying to thousands of dollars be to, your companion, whether yeah. it's sex, whether it's holding your hand at the movies, or no matter what dick. it is, you want that person to act like they're excited to do it because that's not, what you're paying them for. At least not pissed off. Certainly not. Apparently pissed he off. was yeah. begrudgingly yeah. doing it. So he it. stopped getting work um, through Meet the Stars in LA. So at this point, he's, he doesn't really have an escort job anymore. So he decided to try do, working at JP's office. He's he was like, I'm going to call JP. Oh, the debt collector. I'm going to be a, a bill collector again. This time he did last two weeks. He lasted two weeks, and then he quit. He was like, I just, he tried again. He was like, I, I still hate it. I can't do it. I'm not good at this. I feel like as a porn star, you should have yeah, lasted longer. Yeah, I'm saying maybe his life's work <laughs> is porn. <laughs> well, at this point, he's not doing porn. He's not an escort. And now he's, again, after two weeks, maybe not a bill collector. circle back to porn, though. And he had, so now he's once again jobless with a second child on the way. So there are varying accounts of how a sexual relationship came about between JP and Tim. But the overall kind of understanding that I could find, like there's a lot of different versions of this. But the the biggest one is that JP started paying Tim and Tim essentially became JP's kind of personal escort. He was 
having sex with him on a regular basis after he quit working at the at JP's business. I mean, you're still working for JP, just in a different way. There you, know? you go. That's exactly right. And so Tim was allegedly pay- paid on a regular basis to sleep with JP, but also bet- like as this went on, they kind of developed a friendship as well. Like, yes, JP was paying Aww. him, but they kind of became friend-ish, I think. I think the friendship was heavier on JP's side. Like, he liked him more. But Tim... Was friendly. Was okay. He was friendly with so him. at least we can commiserate on some Let's have a Let's have a glass of wine before we get this busy. Yeah, let's... And let they, like, did stuff. They, like, like watch thing. movies, and then we'd oh. hang out, and, like... They would sleep together for sure, and Tim took his money, absolutely. And even for a period of time, I read that Tim was struggling to maintain his apartment, so he actually lived with JP for a while, like in the guest room. And I say that with air quotes. Um, but JP... Sounds like, wait, why? What do you mean guest room? It sounds room like with Tim is... He's not living in the guest room. He was obviously staying in JP's bed. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. But um, yeah, yeah. I think My JP, big question is, like, how bad is Tim with his money? Like, very he's, like, bad. He's, questioning it and, like... He has, he has a he daughter. Has, he has one child, but the other one's on the way. Like, I mean, it seems like he'd be paying a, a lot of money for this kind of shit. You know, I don't know how much actually. That's that's a oh, great yeah, question that I true. never came like, across. He's not paying rent. By November of 2006, Tim was sick of sleeping with JP. He was tired of lying to Christina, and JP was starting to get jealous of Christina and Tim's relationship because JP was kind of falling in love with Tim. I think, and. And he hated that Tim had a pregnant girlfriend that he cared about more than JP. Um, what was Christina doing? She didn't like get. She's like, oh, he's just like. Yeah, going does to she work. know she's? She has he, no idea. Okay. It was just like daytime sex or something they were doing. Like, well, or like, like quickies. Sh- well, she just new nurse. <laughs> God, I hate you both. <laughs> Come on, like, I'm she, all five PMers. <laughs> She thought that... So I'm going to go grab McDonald's. So it's been three hours. What's up? I'm pregnant. As He's long like, as you bring me back a quarter pounder, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Here's some hogging ass and a quarter pounder. Everything's good. Guess what? I'd be fine. <laughs> She's like, babe, why are you walking funny? She's like, nothing. Nothing at all. She's all oh fine. Oh, my God. It Reel matter. it in, people. Yum. Don't miss what happens next in today's episode. We'll be right back after a short message from our sponsors. Calling all lovers of mystery. Prepare to don your detective hat in June's Journey, a free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. Take a trip in time to the glitzy 20s and play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. The thrill is endless with new chapters added weekly, allowing you to not only enjoy the detective adventure, but also to personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
thought that he went out to LA all those times for acting and modeling. And then she thought that he was like JP's friend slash like personal assistant, helping him out with like work stuff. She didn't think that he was like giving it to him in the for sure. But you don't know was or he taking it in or the butt, whatever. It. I don't know. I know, but I want to know. That. Am I allowed to say that? Do I have to cut that? I think I it's don't care. It's All your right. podcast. But at this point, Tim is tired of lying to Christina. The baby is coming. He loves her and he's lying to her. And she's also JP Suspicious. is jealous. So JP is calling Tim constantly, constantly, constantly all the time. Come over. And, I bet there's and still a house answering. phone at that time. And and well, this is 2006. So yes. it is a house phone and it is cell phone. And Christina's like, why is this guy calling you all the time? Like, what is happening? He's all there's a lot of bills to pay. So JP started saying to Tim. You need to come over. I'm going to tell your fucking pregnant girlfriend about your past. I'm going to oh, tell him about no. your porn. I'm going to tell him you've been doing me. I'm going to tell her everything. Uh, and uh, Tim was like, move. kind of pushing him off, pushing him off. And then finally, once Christina became suspicious and was like, why is he just uh, J- uh, Tim What's said to on? Christina, yeah. I think he's in love with me. He's gay. You know, he's, he's openly gay. And I think he's in love with me. And he came on to me and I, I turned him down. So he just said, this is someone I met on and off. He did some work a for one him. Off, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. And He's so Christine is aware of JP. Yeah, she yeah. knows he exists in Tim's world. He's done world some work world. for him. Yeah. A friend. I imagine, whatnot. I imagine Tim was like, listen, Christina, obviously I'm very attractive and this guy's in me. So he's playing that angle. <laughs> and I get what it, he, I get and it, he get said, it. and he said like, and I'm not into him and I told him no, but he won't let, let go. And, and so all these phone calls, all these phone calls, like at night, in the middle of the night when they're sleeping next to each other. And Christina was finally like, just go tell him, I'm so sorry, but I'm not gay. Like, I really appreciate our friendship, but this is not going to happen. Of course, Tim can't do that because like. <laughs> he's getting paid, you know. There's a whole thing that Christine Don't doesn't tell him know. to go to him. Because I know, but then like. He's going to go to I'm him. I'm so confused. Right. Like Christine just thinks he's like <laughs> calling in phone calls like, hey, you forgot your phone bill. We need your money. Well, they're just like work, like they have a, they're work acquaintances. Okay. okay? So let's just play with that. Let's see what happens. Well, on one particular day on November 12th, JP would not stop calling Tim incessantly over, 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 threatening him, (laughs) leaving threatening messages. If you didn't come over, I'm going to tell Christina. And so finally Tim said, fine. He went over to JP's house. What happened after that? We're going to pause and we're going to go to the next morning. I'm all I bet he did. That's all I could hear. <laughs> I have so many things to say. So on November 13th, the morning of <gasps> oh, November cool 13th, day. 2006. The police reported that there was an average conversation between two human beings and, then and nothing heavy happened. heavy male sex. <laughs> and a killing. Listeners, I'm so sorry that I'm recording this with both of these two assholes. You should be. You and guys should be. And don't set it up on a Sunday when we're having drinks. Oh, to recover okay, from fine. Drinks. Let me, we're almost done. Let me finish. All right, let's get to it. Let's go it's, into it. That's what Timothy <laughs> heard every time. He's like, we're almost done. Let's just get through it. On the morning of November 13th, 2006, Brent Cox. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this another porn star? Because that's like a porn. Brent Cox. I mean, like, Jesus. It's C-O-X. Okay. Right. Which is that's even how worse. I imagined it. Yeah. And it's still the same. This is JP's. 
I have to say that again. Shut the fuck up. Brent Cox. On the morning of November 13th, 2006, Brent Cox, JP's housekeeper of 10 years, arrived for work. Even better. And was surprised to see JP's car in the driveway. Because usually when he would come to work, JP was gone. Like JP was out of the house. Brent would come. He would clean, take care of the house. Back when Brent started in the late 90s, he only worked about two days a week. But over the years, JP got more and more busy. And Brent started coming Five. <laughs> oh my god, we're never gonna end this. It was, Brent, he was a full time housekeeper at this time. All I heard is he kept coming. <laughs> okay, go on. That's it. Brent started coming five days a week to help keep JP's Congress Park mansion clean and tidy, and he also helped care for JP's four beloved Shih Tzus dogs. So on that November morning, Brent walked into the house and he saw the dogs were on the back porch. They were agitated. They were rowdy. He didn't really think much of it because they were all, they're little dogs. They were often riled up. So he entered the house. He said, JP, I'm here. I'm going to start cleaning. He didn't get an answer, but that, he didn't think anything of it. He just started cleaning. And, it, and as he made his way through the house into the kitchen, he noticed there were a bunch of liquor bottles out on the kitchen counter, which was pretty normal for a Monday because JP was known for having weekends filled with house parties and kind of chaos and fun. The house is on Monday. The house was generally pretty like distraught, like alcohol everywhere. Yeah, Yeah, it was a mess. So what was peculiar to Brent was how clean the house was. It was almost as if no no liquor bottles. Well, the liquor bottles were there, but outside, but everything else was clean as can be. Clean. It was like no one had been there all weekend. It was just a couple liquor bottles on the counter, (sighs) and outside of that, it was very clean. Uh, and he was like, this is weird, because usually on Mondays, the house is a fucking nightmare. But not today. So he started thinking, like, this is a little bit strange. And it's also weird that the dogs are outside, because they're usually inside. So he went to check on the dogs, and he noticed that the doggy door was closed. Like somebody Oh, the shut-off angle, yeah. Had shut the doggy door off, so they couldn't I even like come in the house. Sometimes. So they can clean. I'm all... Ksh. And he was like, well, that's weird. No one, like... JP would never do that. Why is the doggy door closed? Why is the house so clean? So he's like, this is weird. The dogs are outside. The doggy door is closed. The house is so clean. And he walked back into the house after checking on the dogs in the back porch. And he was like, "Like it's so quiet that it's loud. The silence is like a deafening. So let me ask you a question. This is weird. I've never experienced that around you guys. The silence is (laughs) never loud around you guys. I experienced it when I'm by myself and I hate it. Brent decided to head upstairs and check on JP. When he entered the master bedroom, it was in complete disarray. All the bedding was stripped off the bed down to the mattress. There were huge dark blood stains on the carpet. He saw a bloody handprint on the wall, and his heart sank, and he was scared. He didn't want to go further into the bedroom. He, he got like, the fuck out of there, right? I don't know what right? the fuck is going to happen. So he ran out. He ran from the Perfect. bathroom. He ran Good downstairs. For you, he went outside, and he like took some deep breaths, and he was like, okay, I got to go back in. I got to find JP. What the so fuck? We back what about inside. the shit shoes? Get the shit shoes and get the fuck out of there. The shit shoes. He said it wrong. He did. Well, like but how did you say, yeah, you said it wrong, but I don't know how. How do you say that dog's name? Shih tzu. Oh, he said shih tzu. it. Shih yeah, yeah, I guess he said it yeah. correctly. So Brent went back inside after he like went outside. He calmed down. Got himself together. He went back inside. Went back upstairs. Went back into the master bedroom. Hope no one's waiting in there for fuck's sake, Yeah. <laughs> He was very scared that, like, he didn't want to see what he was going to see, and he knew what he was going to see. Why did he go back in? 
because he had to see where JP was. Yeah, because he's JP in here. There's blood all over the carpet. He never made it all the way into the bedroom. He saw the blood. He didn't have to, but he wanted. But he wanted to. Ten years been working for this man. I know, but really think about this, like. Brent wasn't, say no he wasn't you. he wasn't thinking clearly because it's not like JP was like, Oh, I cut myself. Let me clean up all the linen, clean the entire house, and then like <laughs> let me go lay in the tub and die by myself. Like that didn't oh, happen. Oh you know? yeah, I like that. You know I mean, anytime you walk into a mercy, oh. like, it's a mercy. Yeah, you, know, you just immediately get the fuck he out did. of there. Don't do your eyes. Stop and- talking. Okay, let's continue. Whoa, he dies in the tub. You Yeah, it's so annoying when Mark <laughs> knows things. Okay. So Brent goes back inside the house, <laughs> walked through the master bedroom, through the blood, threw all the sheets off of the bed, into the bathroom, and saw JP naked in the bathtub, his face in a pillow, blood all over the floor, and JP was dead. Oh, shit. He ran from the bathroom downstairs, out the front door again, and immediately called 911. The fire department arrived first, followed by the police shortly after, who took Brent's statement. Detective Nash Gorill from the Denver Robbery Homicide Department arrived on the scene and had a CSI team photograph everything in the house, including JP's body, exactly as it was found before they really got in there and like looked for fingerprints, hair, hair, skin, everything. Yes, yeah, don't touch out. nothing. Yes. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. So, miss. No. Yes, miss. Yep, I won't answer if you say ma'am. I know. Say it. One day I will be a ma'am, but not today. I am a ma'am. When she... When they... When he was like in the bathtub, like on a pillow, what did that look like? I think he was face down in the bathtub, from like what I understand, this? and his like face was like in a pillow. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to know. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So the coroner arrived on the scene and determined that JP had died from a single gunshot wound to the back of his head. He also confirmed that JP no had. No wonder been- he's laying in a pillow. I'm sorry. That's okay. He also confirmed that JP had been shot elsewhere and then moved to the bathtub afterwards. Like in the bedroom to the bathroom. And in the back? In the back of the head. Oh, the back of the head. Now, JP was 5'6 and over 300 pounds. So it took six men to lift him out of the tub and, and like get him out of the house. And so police immediately after seeing this were like, well, there's more than one person. Who, like He was shot elsewhere and then put in the bathtub. It took six men to remove him from the bathtub. There's no way that there's only one attacker. Yeah, because the dead weight theory. You know, like if you just go limp, like someone's Trust trying me, to carry I you. I wanted to say dead weight for 100 minutes <laughs> right now, but I said shot. Right, up, but. But also, like, if he was If he was shot. Or that's Limp. dead weight that they moved into the right. bathtub. They, him, yeah. her, whoever oh. killed him, moved his dead weight into the bathtub because he was That's shot elsewhere. Because, you know, like, if you're, like, let's say someone's kidnapping you. Like, just think about the scenario. Someone's kidnapping you. You think, like, immediately, think everybody thinks, that. fight like crazy. You know what you go? Go sack of potatoes. Because you know how hard it is? For even a yeah. two hundred and fifty yeah, pound man that's six foot four to drag a hundred and fifty pounds, I feel like it'd be hard to do that in the moment. I don't, yeah, it'd be weird to just go like sack, just limp, pull sack of potatoes. I'm moves. still alive They're like, what? though, Mark. I know, so but if like, I go sack of potatoes, I'm so still hard. the same fucking weight. I know, but it's yeah. But if you're like if you're scurrying around, you're like your emotion. Trust me. Your husband proved this point to me many, many years ago <laughs> where I, this is a funny story. He proves it. We were drinking weekend. at a pool and I was like. Is it when he got the vagina elbow? No, this is much before then. We've had. Oh, 
lot. So many funny stories. But our our friend, I wish you could, I wish you could see my Our friend, our friend, whose initials are DM, which is Dave Mike. I don't care about his name. Or direct message. Yeah, direct message. Oh, Dave Mike has a cool, cool dog. Yeah, he does. He has that like poodle. Or no, it's a labradoodle or something. No, it's a Portuguese water dog. People are gonna have to do cocaine to follow this episode. I know. It's so ridiculous. But check this out. Anyways, this is what I'm trying to prove a point on this. Okay. Tell the story. I had some extra money on hand, and Dave Mike is a very large individual. Like, he can, like, you know, he's a big dude. Uh. So I was like, throw Mike in the pool. And I was like, he's like, why would I do that? I was like, I'll give you $100 to throw him in the pool. And he was like, all right. And he tried to pick up Mike, and Mike went Dead sack weight. of potatoes. Michael went. And he, dude, he literally. And dude, what an asshole. If Mike was like, fight, he easily could have gotten Look, him in the pool. He's all, but he had to, nice like, drag all, him. All, like, and I realized. At that it's point, sack of potatoes, sack of is, potatoes the way to go. is so important because okay. it's very hard to like okay, move try, that. If you someone's know? trying to aggress on us, this is the message. So just go dead weight on anyone. I, still I mean, don't fight like understand. crazy, but go sack of potatoes if you have no choice. Sure, sure, sure. So fight if you can fight. And if you can't, I still don't understand how sack of potatoes works, but I'll try it. All right, All right let's, let's get, get back, back on track. So police were con- like confused. Like how did like they thought. There's no way there's just one attacker. Nobody could get this dead bot, 300, over 300 pound body into the tub by themselves. So they're now looking for multiple people. And not long after Brent gave his, seg- his statement to police, he was ruled out as a suspect. And then police received a call from Susan. Tim's mother. Thank you. Who reported that her son, Timothy John Boham, told her that he had killed a man, his boss, J.P. Kelso. I mean, that's like a confession. Sign and done. Jesus, Susan. Also with these names. Come on. No. Paul Allen Who's the detective? Kelso. Like Come Na- on. Like Nash something? Yeah. Like it's just like... Nash Grill. Yeah, Come are these on. all porn names? These names, yeah. It is something to Okay, comment. so I'm going to tell you... I'm going to read something right now. that This comes directly from that book. So I want to put that out there. I didn't write this. This is a direct quote from the book about when police arrived at Susan's house after she called them. She called them. She said, my son killed J.P. Kelso, who they just found dead. And In a so, different house. What? In a different house, obviously. Well, yes. Tim's mom didn't live with J.P. I don't know. It's a weird relationship. Everybody has. Mothers live with sons. Live with their son's lovers? Oh, okay. So this is a direct quote from the book about the police arriving at Susan Strong's home. So they arrived at the home and they asked Susan Strong if she knew who Marcus Allen was or where Marcus Allen was right now. She said, I don't know Marcus Allen. My son's name is John. He goes by his middle name, John, she told detectives. They said, well, okay, but what about Marcus Allen? Susan looked puzzled and she said, who's that? I don't know anyone with that name. They wanted to know if she had a DVD player, and she showed them where it was. They put in one of Tim's porn movies. Jesus. Teacher films. Yep, and waited for a scene where Tim was looking straight on into the camera. And they turned to her and said, is this your son? Oh. She sat down in a chair and looked at her son on the screen. She knew it was her son, but she was devastated to learn that this was what he was doing. Not only in that moment did she learn that her son was doing porn, but that also he was a huge star in the world of gay porn. 
and he killed somebody. He had a huge possibly. following, fans from all over the world. Even worse than that, being exposed to the mother was the fact that her son was now a wanted man. He was wanted for the murder of J.P. Kelso. Susan was hoping against that Tim, who was a known liar, was also lying this time, and she didn't believe that he actually killed J.P. But unfortunately, he did. As it turns out, after Tim killed JP, he went to his mom's house in Aurora and told her, I killed JP. He told his mom and his sister that. He said, I killed JP because I thought he had a bunch of money in the household safe. And I wanted to get that money so I could take Christina and my soon-to-be child and like start a new life. What about Jasmine? Honestly, I thought that too. Second life. Well, both. Anyways, They're all one pot. That's really not his worst decision that he's made. Well, yeah, yeah, so no far. kidding. He's Thus far. for all of them. So his mom told him, if you did this, please call the police and turn yourself in. Clearly. He didn't. He didn't. So apparently after Tim went to his mom's house and told her what happened, told his mom and his sister what happened, he took a cab and he was going to buy a flight. He went to the Phoenix, the airport, and flew to Phoenix and he was going to fly to L.A. And then he got worried that, like, somebody was going to find him. So he was like, maybe I should just go to Mexico. He got out of the cab. He gave the cab driver a $20 tip, and off he went. His driver's license, and that's all apparently all he needed to get into Mexico. He went to a little um, motel in Sonor- somewhere in Sonora, Mexico. And he tried to get the internet. He couldn't. He walked around. He drank Mexican beer. He basically kept himself yeah. and was just kind of hiding out. It was not a very good place that he was staying in, like the area that he's he was in. He's in Nogales. Yeah. Nogales. Yeah. He had about $2,000 cash yeah, on none him. None of it's good. Wait a minute. I want to see what you're yeah, looking at. Yeah. Yeah. That word. What's the, what's the one you're looking at? Right here. Show me. Sinaloa? No. Sonoyata. Sonoyata. Oh, well, there you go. You got it. Sinaloa. <laughs> <laughs> So he had to, about two thousand dollars. He in a weird place. He had about two thousand dollars <laughs> on him. He knew he could have survived for a while, but he started feeling guilty, and so he called his mom. He was a wanted man at this point. The police, the FBI, they are looking for him. They, to the best of their understanding, know that he killed JP. So they are trying to find him. He started getting really paranoid that someone is going to recognize him in Mexico. And he was like, I can't do this anymore. They're all Marcus. And I don't want to be put in Mexican jail. So on November 16th, he decided to check out of his motel and head back to the border and go to Lukeville, Arizona. Woof. He successfully crossed the border back into the United States. But he didn't know what to do really after he did that. He like crossed over and then he was kind of like, I don't know what to do with myself. So he was kind of lingering around. He was by the like check-in where you cross over and he's just kind of like walking back and forth looking super sketchy. He should get out of that area. And border patrol agents were like, what is this bro doing? Like, why is he wandering around here? And they kind of started looking at him and like as soon as they started to approach him, he was so paranoid that he said, I think there's a warrant out for me. I'm a wanted man and I want to turn myself in. Easy ass arrest, you know. I mean, bro, I support you, but I don't. They arrested him. Obviously, they're all no, thank you. What was weirdly? This is a weird fact that happens at this time. (laughs) On November sixteenth, two thousand six, he was he turned himself into the border patrol. They took him in to custody. They apprehended him, and then he was eventually extradited to Colorado. 
But he was on the cover of Playgirl that month of November 2006. Hey, oh, his photo so finally same, came through? His, his like Playgirl oh, cover before. finally came through <gasps> the month that he turned himself in and was arrested for murder. He was on the cover of Playgirl. Do you have a picture? I sure do. Yeah, I want to see. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to miss what happens next in today's murder story, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a short message from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So he was taken into custody. And when in custody, Tim did confess to the crime. During a videotaped interview, he said he likes being on JP film. had paid him for sex and that Tim eventually became disgusted with JP and he had a pregnant girlfriend and he needed money. So he decided to try and steal $100,000 that he believed was in JP's safe. He wanted to take his pregnant girlfriend and move to the beach somewhere. So he bought a power saw and he was going to cut open the safe. And he did. When he did, no bread. There's just a couple of car titles. There's no money in there. Fucking JP was full of shit. So before his arrest, during his arrest, after his arrest, this videotaped confession in custody, it's all the Robert. It's all the same story. He's saying, I was being paid to sleep with him. I got tired of it. I have a pregnant girlfriend. I want to take her to the beach and move there. And I know JP has a bunch of money in his safe. And so it was a robbery that went wrong. It was an accident. Like that's what happened. I think I know what happened. Don't say it. You're can not. I? Can you pause real quick? Like no. Or can I say? Let it? me finish. We're so close. Damn it! I know exactly what happened don't though. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, don't right. say it, Mark. All right. Keep it in the back. So before, right? during, and after his arrest, same story. Robbery. I wanted to steal all the money out of JP's safe. We had been sleeping together. He was paying me to sleep with him, etc. And then when he went to trial and he was on the stand, his story very much changed. Oh, because so he on, found out what time he was facing? Well, on June 1st, 2009, uh, jury selection started. Uh, a week later, his trial started. So Chief Deputy District Attorneys Bonnie Benedetti and Diane Balkin presented to the jury multiple confessions that Tim made to his mother, to his sister, and to the police, including the videotape confession, presented this all to the jury. They also played his video confession to the jury. I did this shit and said his mother and sister and Christina, former girlfriend, all now testified pregnant, against right? him. Yeah, all testified against him. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, 
interesting. Oh, in the trial. In the trial. They she testified against, against him. She's all, I'm pregnant yeah. with your child. And said fuck that, you, yeah, motherfucker. And then he confessed to murder. Good. And he murdered this man and they testified against him. They were well, not on his side. They corroborated his story. I mean, they corroborated I mean, his story. Honestly, he's confessing. So they're actually on his side. If you think about it. I can't think about it. Well, they corroborated his story before, during, and after his arrest, but not his story at trial, which I haven't told you yet. Whoa, please don't guess it. Well, I can't wait. So according to dun, testimony at trial, Tim dragged the body uh-huh. into the bathtub after shooting JP in the bedroom. What? He tied um, a belt around JP's feet and dragged him into the bathtub. That 300 pound Filled the bathtub dude. with water. Hold and then with the belt in there oh, with the yeah. belt. Yep. That's, a, that's, that's how he's a, able to get him into a, the bathtub. That's a tool. Yep. And then he cleaned... His fingerprints off of everything. Yeah. He got all the clothing, the bedding, a shell casing, and any other items that could have had his DNA, threw them into a creek, Cherry Creek, nearby. A construction crew actually we, found them days later. Do we know what caliber weapon was used? I don't. A three five seven. We don't know that. Later that I night, after that. killing JP, according to testimony, he took his girlfriend to California Pizza Kitchen for dinner and then went to a show at the Comedy Yum. Works. Wait, we're going to eat California pizza. We are going to. One of the <laughs> prosecutors at the trial asked him, how could you kill JP, who you were friends with and had had sex with, and then just go out to dinner with your girlfriend? He said, I knew it would be my last few minutes of a normal life, so I just tried to live in the moment, not worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow was going to come soon enough. Whoa. You know what I think the answer is? Pizza's always good. I'm so excited for pizza. I'm so hungry. That's I mean, what? really, it's like comfort food. During the trial, Tim's lawyers... Amber St. Clair. What a lovely last name. That's a porn name. And Kristen Wheeler (laughs) claimed that the victim, JP, committed suicide. What? They tried to persuade the jury that the murder scene was just a cover-up for a suicide so that JP's life insurance policy would pay out. Because if it's a murder, it would pay out. If it's a suicide, it wouldn't. Yeah, because it's like direct cause. Wait, mm-hmm. if Michael commits suicide, I'm not yeah, You're not getting any money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, like like inflict- it's self-inflicted, you know? Because otherwise, think about we it. We just like, crushed Jenna's world. Hold on. Yeah. And the reason this exists is because of this reason alone. I mean, I get it. You're a sad person. You want to kill yourself. You could easily just like make a policy, pay two hundred fifty dollars right, of it, and five million dollars to people in your family. They're not going to do that. Damn it! I think we understand. While on the stand, Tim claimed that the taped interview in which he talks about robbing JP was just a fantasy. He just made it up, and he was actually innocent because JP committed suicide. He said everything in the police video was quote a complete fantasy to establish the craziness, and that I had flown off the handle and murdered JP, but it was just a cover up. He also said that the truth was that he and JP had devised a plan together to make JP's suicide because JP was depressed. He didn't have anybody who really loved him. He was sleeping with all these young boys. So so Tim said JP wanted to kill himself, and Tim decided, I'm going to help you do that. And so they decided to make it look like a robbery murder so that his life insurance would pay out. Also, weirdly, on the stand, Tim also claimed that he had been been possessed by a spirit who told him to shoot JP. So I don't obviously have the the entire, um, I don't have the entire transcript of the, of the trial, but it's weird to me that he said like it was a suicide and I was just helping him. And then he said, somebody told me to kill him. Like it's, 
conflicting. So it, it's a little confusing to me, quite honestly. It is Either way, confusing. trial went on for five days. Pretty short. For G, uh, Tim's team. Sure. Tim's team is claiming is claiming that it was a suicide. Tim was just helping to cover it up. The prosecution is claiming Tim killed him. June 9th, two thousand nine. The jury took less than five hours to deliberate and convict him. Tim was found guilty by a nine-woman, three-man jury of first-degree murder, felony murder, and aggravated assault. Okay. And there's more information. No, no I just know it. Mark's going to have something later. That's it? That's it. He was convicted. He's spending his life in prison. Ooh. Okay, let's talk about this. Closing Palmer. thoughts on this? Did you guys know that he did it the whole time? Well, yeah. I No. I didn't know. Did you suspect? But there's only so many players in the story that That's you lay true. out. Yeah. So like, this I was a weird one because the, the most of the no, story I like it. fell in his 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 life previous to committing the murder. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, the it's a little whole bit of story, a different story. It's like a whole story, and then like all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, knew, murder. I knew as soon as JP gave him the card, and he's like, "You can work for me." I knew someone was gonna die. Oh. You know? And because you talked that. Tim was still alive. I assumed it was JP. He is still alive. Or his wife, girlfriend. Like, I knew someone was going to die. Baby mama. I would love to know, like, where that Chris, the child with Christina is today. I couldn't find anything on that child. And I don't know where Jasmine is today either. This was a rough one, guys. We've been recording for 900 hours. Three hours. Perfect. Oh, my God. Do you know how long this is going to take me to edit? Probably 14 hours. It's going to be a really long time. But but, but let's. But but we did take sev- several breaks and let's just say this was kind of fun. I like doing it with both of you guys. It's interesting to get both of your perspectives. Maybe so. that's the new podcast. Yeah, I, I kind of like oh, it. Michael will be so sad. Well, he can he's join not too. Included. We can't include him because guess what? I don't actually believe this at first, but I do deep down. Mm-hmm. He'll be better than Mark and I. Aw. Whoa. I don't know. I'd be interested to see, though. You don't have to know. I already uh, know. If you get Mike into it, he'd be really good at it. Yeah, know? he would. Well, I'm interested to hear what people think about this I'm after all, I edit. It's not hard to be better than this. Can't I'm wait. All. I'm going to edit the shit out of this, and I can't wait to see what people are going to think. You drink a lot. I love you drinking. You look stupid a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. This has been a um, experimental podcast with the three. Shut up. <laughs> You know, I can't <laughs> cut you if I'm talking. Like, I, I can't cut you out of that. Restart it. All right, everybody calm down. One, Guys, two, we're going to sign Go. off. This is going to be the worst podcast ever. But I had a lot of fun doing this with both of you. Thank you so much for doing this big group podcast. Hopefully people don't hate it. Can't wait to hear what they think. And thank you listeners for listening. Leave us a review. Send us an email, a DM. And... They're not going to like it, but anyways, good night and good luck. <laughs> Hug your loved ones, all the things. All, all I have to things. say is I hope everybody enjoys this little podcast that we have in Eggleton. I want to hear what you want to say. <laughs> That's Honestly. right. We're going to have Eggleton on. Eggleton. Eggleton. Devin Eggleton. Devin Eggleton. That terrible, sent that terrible email and said we're the most Bring fucking annoying out. people. Let's have a Zoom with them. I'm going to put them right here. I'll put my little feet. I'm all Eggleton, egg me up.
Death by Southwest is hosted by Jenna Schneider and Margot Carmichael. Executive produced by Margot Carmichael. Produced by Jenna Schneider. Audio editing and sound design by Margot Carmichael. Music by Soundstripe. And a special thanks to Edward R. Murrow for letting us borrow his famous sign-off phrase, good night and good luck. Thank you.